This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty Greeby in Wapella, Illinois. Les Miserables by Victor Hugo. Book Two, Chapter Twelve. The Bishop Works. The next morning at sunrise, Monseigneur Benvenu was strolling in his garden. Madame Magloire ran up to him in utter consternation. Monseigneur, Monseigneur! she exclaimed. Does your grace know where the basket of silver is? Yes, replied the bishop. Jesus the Lord be praised! she resumed. I did not know what had become of it. The bishop had just picked up the basket in a flower bed. He presented it to Madame Magloire. Here it is. Well, said she, nothing in it. And the silver? Ah, returned the bishop, so it is the silver which troubles you. I don't know where it is. Great good God! It is stolen! That man who was here last night has stolen it! In a twinkling, with all the vivacity of an alert old woman, Madame Magloire had rushed to the oratory, entered the alcove, and returned to the bishop. The bishop had just bent down, and was sighing, as he examined a plant of Coquelaia de Guion, which the basket had broken as it fell across the bed. He rose up at Madame Magloire's cry. "'Monseigneur, the man is gone! The silver has been stolen!' As she uttered this exclamation, her eyes fell upon a corner of the garden, where traces of the wall having been scaled were visible. The coping of the wall had been torn away. "'Stay! Yonder is the way he went! He jumped over into Cochefilet Lane! Ah, the abomination! He has stolen our silver!' The bishop remained silent for a moment. Then he raised his grave eyes, and said gently to Madame Magloire, and in the first place was that silver ours? Madame Magloire was speechless. Another silence ensued. Then the bishop went on. Madame Magloire, I have for a long time detained that silver wrongfully. It belonged to the poor. Who was that man? A poor man, evidently. Alas! Jesus! returned Madame Magloire. It is not for my sake, nor for Mademoiselle's. It makes no difference to us, but it is for the sake of Monseigneur. What is Monseigneur to eat with now? The bishop gazed at her with an air of amazement. Ah, come, are there no such things as pewter forks and spoons? Madame Magloire shrugged her shoulders. Pewter has an odor. Iron forks and spoons, then. Madame Magloire made an expressive grimace. Iron has a taste. Very well, said the bishop. Wooden ones, then. A few moments later, as he was breakfasting at the very table at which Jean Valjean had sat on the previous evening. As he ate his breakfast, Monseigneur Welcome remarked gaily to his sister, who said nothing, and to Madame Magloire, who was grumbling under her breath, that one really does not need either fork or spoon, even of wood, in order to dip a bit of bread in a cup of milk. 
"'A pretty idea, truly,' said Madame Meglois to herself, as she came and went. "'To take a man in like that, and to lodge him close to oneself, and how fortunate that he did nothing but steal! Ah, mon Dieu, it makes one shudder to think of it!' As the brother and sister were about to rise from the table, there came a knock at the door. "'Come in,' said the bishop. The door opened. A singular and violent group made its appearance on the threshold. Three men were holding a fourth man by the collar. The three men were Jean d'Armes. The other was Jean Valjean. A brigadier of Jean d'Armes, who seemed to be in command of the group, was standing near the door. He entered and advanced to the bishop, making a military salute. Monseigneur, said he. At this word, Jean Valjean, who was dejected and seemed overwhelmed, raised his head with an air of stupefaction. Monseigneur, he murmured, so he is not the cure. Silence, said the Jean d'Arme. He is the Monseigneur, the bishop. In the meantime, Monseigneur Benvenu had advanced as quickly as his great age permitted. "'Ah, here you are!' he exclaimed, looking at Jean Valjean. "'I am glad to see you. "'Well, but how is this? "'I gave you the candlesticks, too, "'which are of silver like the rest, "'and for which you can certainly get two hundred francs. "'Why did you not carry them away with your forks and spoons?' Jean Valjean opened his eyes wide, and stared at the venerable bishop with an expression which no human tongue can render any account of. "'Monseigneur,' said the brigadier of gendarmes, "'so what this man said is true, then? We came across him. He was walking like a man who was running away. We stopped him to look into the matter. He had the silver.' "'And he told you,' interposed the bishop with a smile, "'that it had been given him by a kind old fellow of a priest with whom he had passed the night?' I see how the matter stands, and you have brought him back here. It is a mistake. In that case, replied the brigadier, we can let him go? Certainly, replied the bishop. The Jean d'Arme released Jean Valjean, who recoiled. Is it true that I am to be released? he said, in an almost inarticulate voice, and as though he were talking in his sleep. "'Yes, thou art released, dost thou not understand?' said one of the gendarmes. "'My friend,' resumed the bishop, "'before you go, here are your candlesticks. Take them.' He stepped to the chimney-piece, took the two silver candlesticks, and brought them to Jean Valjean. The two women looked on without uttering a word, without a gesture, without a look which could disconcert the bishop. Jean Valjean was trembling in every limb. He took the two candlesticks mechanically and with a bewildered air. "'Now,' said the bishop, "'go in peace. By the way, when you return, my friend, it is not necessary to pass through the garden. You can always enter and depart through the street door. It is never fastened with anything but a latch, either by day or by night.' Then returning to the Jeanne d'Armes, you may retire, gentlemen. The gendarmes retired. Jean Valjean was like a man on the point of fainting.
The bishop drew near to him, and said in a low voice, "'Do not forget, never forget, that you have promised to use this money in becoming an honest man.' Jean Valjean, who had no recollection of ever having promised anything, remained speechless. The bishop had emphasized the words when he uttered them. He resumed with solemnity, "'Jean Valjean, my brother, you are no longer belong to evil.' but to good. It is your soul that I buy from you. I withdraw it from black thoughts and the spirit of perdition, and I give it to God. End of Book 2, Chapter 12 of Les Miserables by Victor Hugo Recording by Betty Greeby in Wapella, Illinois